drink your coffee your tea your drink your water some soda whatever makes you feel comfortable i told y'all it's a pleasure to be back i'm very grateful to be able to do something that i have such a passion for i love doing a podcast i do i love it it's it's amazing to me um i had to get up early because you know i have some errands i gotta run early in the morning and I want to do a podcast at night. I think I get discouraged because of everything that's going on. I'd rather get it early, out the way, start your day off, start my day off with something to think about, something to do, something to uplift you, you know. And I was wondering what I was going to talk about today with all the stuff that's going on in this world. I'm like, I can talk about this, I can talk about that, I can talk about this. But over the past few days, I have been getting people that's been, you know, calling me and talking to me. And we've had two, three hour long conversations, which was amazing. I, I really love each and every person's wisdom and input. And I was very grateful for the messages to be received, um, to share some wisdom right to listen some of it i took and said wow of the i just tabled it because didn't have anything to do with my life so you know i just smiled and said okay um you know i mean it is what it is at the end of the day excuse me so I was like, okay, that's grateful for the message. You know, some of it was a reminder, confirmation. Some of it was, uh, you sure you're talking about me? Maybe you're talking about yourself. Okay. You know, I wonder what it is. But the two main people that 
I've got words of wisdom from. They're no longer here. They gave me these messages years ago. And they're deceased now. God bless the dead. The first one was Copper John. Copper John, great man. Great man. Great man. I mean, I was very grateful to say I knew him. I was very grateful for the conversations we would talk about. And, you know, we didn't get together and talked about people. No one was ever greater than no one else. No one was better than no one else. Everyone was seated at the table. But sometimes we just all sit around on the ground um, or sit in the park, in park. But no one was greater than no one else. Riding on the trains, getting on the bus, going to Lil' Five <laughs> or Limburg Station. But no one was greater than no one else. No, and these are places in Atlanta, if y'all don't know. I mean, this, this brother, older, older in years, would give you a conversation. Um, I, you know, people would sit there and they crack jokes, oh, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity. And um, not to him. You know, I'm saying now, like people look at me and they be like, oh, you just, you and your little internet following, you think you're a neighborhood celebrity. No, I'm not. I'm not. And, but people would pay for Copper John to travel all over the world. They would pay. And um, he would go. He would go for the lessons, the conversation, the things he learned from other people. See, even though he was, let me tell you how this brother was. Even though he was very informative, lived a beautiful life, right? But he would look at your life and get so excited and would, would just want to learn about you. He, he told this story around the world. But he just wanted to learn about you. You were more famous. You were the one, the, the person of the hour, you know, the... The great I am. You were it. And he would make sure you knew that. So whenever I saw him, I took advantage of it. And not in a, I'm going to grab everything you know. Nah. To just sit amongst him and have a conversation and laugh and listen. I never sat there and said, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no. Because, see, when, if your cup is already full, there's no room for growth. I don't give a fuck. If you're so full of everything, then your destiny is over. You lived it. It's time for you to go. You're going up to the wherever you go after you die. But he taught me that. You enter a room, sit down, learn. You're going to learn something. And it has nothing to do with age. Does it? A baby can teach you something. A child, a teenager. There's always something to learn. Be a good, bad, or indifferent. You're going to learn something. You just have to be willing and open. Because when you come into a room and you act like you already know everything, ain't nobody going to talk to you. You're going to miss those great opportunities. And when he shared that with me, that's what I do. I mean, people will. I don't mind sharing my story. I've talked to people, you know, and shared my story. And, you know, <clears throat> that's it. 
but I love to hear yours. And I sit and listen and okay. But see, the part of that, what I love about Copper John was, he'll share a story and people will, will judge you. Oh, I know they tea. I know they're, you know. But Copper John didn't stop. He didn't care. Whatever your vision or perception of me has nothing to do with me. It's how you process the information. You know, that's it. If I'm telling you, oh, I'm homeless, and the only thing you walk around and, and judge me on is, oh, she don't got shit. She don't got shit. She, she, she a bum. That's your perception. Now, have I told that to many people? And they go, wow, man, I bet you met some amazing people. Yeah, I did. I met people from Brazil. You know, I remember being a Yahoo, walking into the shelter in Brooklyn. And the girl walked up to me, and she said, you a Yahoo? I said, yeah. She looked around. And she said, we are saved. We are blessed. And that chick was from Brazil, from Sao Paulo. And I didn't see her no more. At all. At all. I didn't see her no more. Now that is, wow. Okay, because I had a few people that would tell me that. Man, you was homeless. I know you met some amazing people. Yo, you got to tell me the stories, man. I did. I met a woman that killed her kids. And one lived. She did so many years in prison in Virginia. She came back. We was all sitting in the cafeteria. And the girl was saying who she was. She was pulling up on her phone, you know, of <clears throat> what happened. And these young girls, young sisters, was fucking with her. You know, popping shit, talking about her. So the sister said, let me put a buzz in your ear. If she can kill her children without blinking, imagine what she do to y'all. Y'all don't want that kind of time or that smoke. She already did years in prison. She don't care. She'll go back. She ain't got nothing to lose. Y'all, y'all really want to go there? Over because the way she's looking. You know, the worst thing in the world. Copper John would wear his copper. Dressed decent. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't a bum. Smelled good. Always smelled good. That's the one thing I give him. But because we don't have designer labels, we don't run with Balenciaga or, or we not worrying about how much we can spend when we go somewhere, who can have the biggest drum in or who has the most expensive Arisha. How many Arishas do you have? Oh, I know I sat at the table with uh, this one. Okay, did you learn something? At the end of the day, you're going to leave your children, your, your, your children's children, belts, buckles, and names? Or you're going to leave them some knowledge, some wisdom, a legacy? You're going to leave them something? Or you're going to leave them where all you did was pop shit and lie and fake people? See, Copper John left a legacy that all of us that was in Atlanta that had the, the beauty of sitting with him can share our stories of him. So, he'll always live. He will always live. He will. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. Not, oh, he was a bum. All he did was just say a few stories. That's your perception. But I'm grateful. And it was an honor each and every day. And that, that reminder was... Why are you worrying about what people think and say of you? What, what, is that important? What are those people doing at the end of the day? 
You know what you were called to do. So remember that. People can throw sticks and stones. They can throw bricks, rocks. They can drag you for the gods. Don't mean you stop. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Keep going. Life ain't been no crystal stair. Y'all know these poems. Y'all know these words. Keep going. Don't stop. Consistency. You're not doing it so you can be seen. You're doing it so those that need to see you can find you. Be the lighthouse. Be the light. That's it. That's it. That was his, that was his message to me. To continue to be the lighthouse. Doesn't matter. God, creator, lofi, egon. They change their light bulb every so often. Continue to shine. Those ships that's out there in that ocean, they, they need to know. They need to see that it's safe for them to come on in. They need to know in those turbulent times, somebody is out there waiting, saying it's okay. They need to know that whatever they're going through, they can get through it successfully. Scars doesn't mean that you lost the fight. Scars mean I endured and I got reminders that I didn't give up. <laughs> That's Copper John message. Then I had, I was going through my memories and Ozzy, God bless the dad. <laughs> he made a, he gave, he tagged a post and sent me a message and said, thank you for everything. I met Ozzy when I was working at Love Shot for John Cornetto. Ozzy walked in and said, I need a job. <laughs> so me and Ryan, we was like, okay. I was like, wait, is he good? And Ryan was like, yeah, he's good. And he came in. He said, you going to hire me. I said, and we showed it. We did. We hired Ozzy. Ozzy lived his life truthfully with no fucks given. Ozzy did. Ozzy was married. But Ozzy was gay. And he had a beautiful home going out toward the airport. Ozzy went home one day because Ozzy said, I'm going to live in my truth. I don't care. Ozzy went home one day, told his wife, you can have everything. I'm just taking the car. You can have the other car. I'm gay. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm giving you everything. He gave her the house. He gave her money. He gave her everything. And he left. He already got a little job, so all he needed to do was pay his insurance. And Ozzy left. Ozzy left. His wife was mad and she told him, oh, I'm going to tell your father that you're gay. And, you know, Ozzy's father, in his mind, <laughs> he just assumed, well, you know, my father's going to give up on me. He's going to um, hate me. We will make a situation worse in our heads before us really knowing the actual truth. We will place scenarios over and over in our head. And his wife did. So Ozzy didn't go home for about a year and a half, almost two. Ozzy didn't go home. Well, Ozzy Pops was getting sick. He was under the weather. It wasn't nothing like death, but he was under the weather. And Ozzy had to go home. So Ozzy went home. And his father told him, I love you. I don't care what you do, who you sleep with. You're my son. I love you. <gasps> that gave Ozzy even more confidence to live his fucking life the way he see fit. 
Azimam, loved him unconditionally. Didn't matter who he slept with, who he was with, Azi family still loved him. So I won a contest on my job. I got to go to the Bahamas. We had to go through Florida and go to the Bahamas. Now, I was going to take my son, but my son didn't get his passport in time. We both got it, but and then he didn't want to go, so I said, okay. So I took Ozzy. Just met Ozzy. Didn't know Ozzy from a hole in the wall. Mind you, we got stranded in Florida, but it was the best strand that we ever had. We didn't have hardly no money. <laughs> when I tell you, our paycheck was coming maybe two or three days. Um... And I had direct deposit. So it was coming in like two or three days. But we were in the Bahamas. First we was in Florida because we missed our flight. Well, we didn't miss it. The plane took off ahead of schedule. So we had to stay in Florida that night. Ah, oh, man, we enjoyed it. I was a vegetarian. Ozzy said, listen, you on vacation. We ain't doing all of that. We going to live. And that was the night I ate wings. Oh, my God. I got sick, though. I ain't even going to lie. But we party. Oh, we party. We dance. We walked around. Everything. We was on the beach. And then that next morning, we got up, hangover and all, and we flew to the Bahamas. We checked in at our hotel. We have nothing on our credit card. So next door was a casino. I said, Ozzy, I got to go in that casino. I'm telling you, we're going to make some money. He said, bitch, we only down to like $25. I'm telling you, I'm going to make this bread. We go in. Ozzy was the type that you sit here, I'm going to go and do what I need to do. And we're going we gonna, to we gonna do this. I said, okay. He said, we're going to meet back here in like two hours. When I tell you I was hitting, 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 <laughs> Ozzy came. He said, where your winnings? I said, here, you take my winnings. I'm going to take this 50 and I'm going to gamble until, you know, something say stop. Made a little bit more money and then I was like, stop. So we went to a restaurant in the Bahamas. <laughs> we went and we went on tours. Like, we had fun. We did. We had fun. We popped shit with people. Ozzy had a little boy toy. Um, I brought me a skirt, man. I was drinking these, um, what was it called? Shit. I forgot the name of that goddamn drink. It wasn't Bahama Mamas because they was giving those away for free. Gully Wash. That's what I was drinking, gully wash. Gully wash comes in a coconut with coconut, pineapple, and rum. And something else. I forgot what else they added. But I was drinking those shits like it was no tomorrow. I even took a picture. I was lit. I was drunk. Drunk. We slept on the beach. <laughs> we had fun. Ozzy taught me to live my life no matter what. And don't allow nothing to stop you. Go on adventures. See the world. Ozzy would. Ozzy would travel. Ozzy would call me here in Texas. I would call me. But you like, oh, girl, I'm over in New Orleans. Girl, I'm here. So one year, tell you how much of a friend Ozzy was. First, I was working at this botanica. And the women in there... I don't hate all Spanish people. Let me let me put this out there. Um, but I understand, you know, how how some black people are treated by Spanish people. But not all. So don't get it twisted. So don't come for me. Because this is my experience. I was working at Jamaica's Religious, right? 
And these Spanish women would call me dog, dumb bitch, all that in Spanish. They couldn't say it in English because I'd have beat them to death. Um, so one day I had a sidekick, right? The phones. One day I was talking to Ozzy and they was in the back talking Spanish. And they were dogging me. And Ozzy was like, go over there. What they say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I went over there. I was standing over there. He was listening. He said, I'm on my way. Ozzy was in Atlanta. Ozzy came up to New York. And he said, listen, I'm going to talk. You say, yeah, just nod your head, yeah. So he was over there talking to them. And he was like, ah, just speaking Spanish. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. He said, see, I think she don't know Spanish. She does. He said, and my sister is not a dog. She's not a black bitch. But he was telling them in Spanish. And they was looking like, who? He was like, and I can read all of y'all. See, as he would read with the cigar, he was known for that. And he was going in on all of them. And I, I was like, wow, my friend came to my, to my, my aid. He didn't have to. He was all the way in Atlanta. He came all the way to New York. Um, it's sad in this day and age where people that's supposed to be your friend would watch the very people destroy you or try to or talk about you or tarnish your image. And then they'll close their door, lock their windows and turn off the lights and act like they didn't see it. Or the first thing they're saying, I hate that sentence. I hate that sentence. Well, they grown. It's nothing I can do. Uh, then, you know, I, I tried. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. See, that's the beauty of Ozzy. And that's the message Ozzy taught me. Friends, you be there for your friends. Because your friends become your family. Friends are God's way of saying, listen, your family in reality might be fucked up. But I'm going to send you people that's going to love and care for you. Ozzy did that in every form, shape, and fashion. That motherfucker came. Like, no, no, no. What we not gonna do is do this. Nah, that's my sister. No, no, no. Right? Didn't care. Did not care. But most people now, it's based on money and, and how much they can get and the popularity. Oh, I can't say anything because it's gonna trigger people. No, but you allow your friends to get dogged and dragged? Yeah, okay. And, you know, just a side note, when you call me about a post on my page and you call me, you better come with facts and stating. Don't, don't come with, well, why is that on there? If I grab the picture off of so many sites, don't, don't question me because I, I hate when, just a side note, I hate when people are quick to come for the black woman. And it, and it has been. So anyway, back to the reality. These women, these Spanish women that I worked around were horrifying to black people. Horrifying. The way they talk and treat black people. But their number one customers is black. They would follow. I, I literally worked there. And they would follow black people around. She's stealing, she's stealing. And it'd be sometimes the Spanish and the white that would come in there and take all this shit. Black people didn't have to steal. When Haiti had the storm. I went to the owner and I said, hey, we should, you know, start shipping out candles and stuff. No, 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 we can't do that. But when Puerto Rico was messed up, man, everybody and their mother got together. And they were like, you helping? No. Y'all didn't help Haiti, so why I'm helping y'all? Haiti, Haiti is, is what? So, and this was way before I even went to Haiti. When they had that big earthquake and the storm, they didn't do anything. I did, but they didn't, which was sad. Which was sad, you know, um, but they did. They treated black, you know, customers. They would charge them a little extra like they were. They were horrifying. 
And people would say, well, why you work here? Because when black people come here, I want them to see me. I want them to see that we are here. We're spiritual. We are here. We are. We are the original. Yeah, I will say that. We are the original. We are. So, um, Ozzy would, Ozzy would come. When I was sick in Atlanta, man, I had walking pneumonia. Ozzy took me to the supermarket. And that's when I was like, wow, Spanish people look out for Spanish people. That shit is not a joke. And in the back was a, a doctor's office. And it's sad because you have some great doctors and from other countries that can come and really help the medical, you know, community. And they want them to go through all of that all over again. If I'm a head surgeon over in Puerto Rico and Cuba, I got to come back and go to school and get... Nah, I'm not doing that. So they had a lot of um, pharmacies and, and doctor's office in the back of their supermarkets. But they also, and a lot of Jewish people do the same thing, and Chinese, they will lower their prices for their people and hype it up for other races. <laughs> so I was really cool when I went because of Poppy and, and um, Ozzy, you know, of showing me that world. And I was very grateful for that. And I was, and I got so much better and I was so happy. But the best part of Ozzy one year it was my birthday and I was staying at my daughter's, you know, crashing there sometimes. And uh, when I come to, yeah, no, matter of fact, I was staying at, at this chick's house, look here now. And I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I, in a way I was kind of feeling, you know, down and I spoke to Ozzy. That next night, Ozzy was up in New York and we partied and we went to my brother's house and my brother made these um, ice pops, cake pops. And me, Ozzy, and Ozzy was all in the city and stuff. And, you know, man, we had fun. We had fun. And he said, listen, sis, I don't care where you go in this world. He said, I can be dead and gone. Live your life. Live your life. Go see things, have adventures, be fruitful, laugh as much as you can, because the world already seen all our tears. Laugh, do whatever it is you wanna do, because this life is short. And that's the one thing I will give to Ozzy, he did. He lived this fucking life, he did. He really did, he lived it, he lived it. Gay as fuck and lived it. You called him a faggot? He'd be like, so? Thank you. I know what I am. Thank you. Thank you. He didn't allow words to 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 dictate his life. He didn't, you know, he, would, he didn't give a fuck at all. He lived his life. And he, we would laugh. We would just have so many adventures together. We would go to Ryan's house because it was all three of us. We would go to Ryan's house where Ryan throw dinner parties, me and Ozzy and, and Sexy because that was Ozzy's boyfriend at first. And then Ozzy, you know, found the love of his life. And him, I used to call them Beyonce and Jay-Z. I used to be like, look at this power couple. And man, he was. He found love. He enjoyed this fucking life. And he didn't allow no one to put restrictions, boundaries, or anything. He didn't compromise neither. And that's the one thing. 
I will say. That's the one thing I will say. If Ozzy didn't want to do it, I don't give a fuck. If you, 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 you did it, he'd be like, no. And he didn't call and checked up and be like, so what happened? Because he didn't give a fuck. He used to always say, why I care? If I cared enough, I would have went. I didn't care. So, okay. And he'll move on about his life. That was it. And he never judged anybody. Ozzy was from Guatemala. He didn't judge anyone. No one. He didn't care. He did what he had to do professional and walked on about his business that was it that was it and we had fun we did we had fun and when i found out my friend died that shit took it like damn but just recently him and copper john gave me a reminder i compromised for a few people and i wound up getting the shit end of the stick not doing that they was the reminder why 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 are you because someone tells you to? No. No. If it's not a part of your plan, don't put your plan and your life on halt. Because somebody wants. No. Favors, I don't do favors. I used, to, I used to always tell people that. When people would come to me and be like, hey, if I can you do me a favor? Nope. Why? Because favors become my responsibility and it's not mine. It's yours. So, nah, I'm good. If you ask me, can I help out? Let me see. If I can't, nah, baby, go somewhere else. I can't do it. But you know, when you say no to people, and it's not out of hatred or anything, it's like, no, I can't do it. Motherfuckers get mad. And they don't want to be bothered with you. They done canceled you, all of that. I can't do it. That's it. You know, it's not. But then you you may see that person say, wow, they're good at this. Hey, can you? No. Mm -mm. Remember when you said no to me? That's the petty shit. And those people, leave them there. Go find you a new set of friends. When someone always have to say, well, what you say? I know you said something. The fuck? I'm telling you a conversation. It was no, it was no negative stuff. When someone has to say, oh, you telling me the truth? What the fuck is wrong with you? I, do I look like I'm a liar? These are triggering. And it's not even triggering. Let me not even use that. These are the characteristics of someone you really don't want to be with. You really don't want to be around. Like, you really have to put your mental health, your beautiful peace, your safe space that you're creating for you, and allow those of like minds or better to come in and teach so you can learn and grow. But those people that still are stuck in that, leave them there. Copper John didn't care about how you felt about him. Those people that loved him, that appreciate him, that, that he loved, they were around him. Those other motherfuckers, they left. Now, yeah, he might have been a villain in a few stories. Shit. He could have been the leader of doom. But that did stop him. And most of the time you go back and you apologize, people want you to apologize online and make a big ass public. Man, kiss my ass. I know you lying. Ozzy, he could have been the villain in a few things. Trust and believe he, he was. Did he apologize in more ways than one? He even served for it. So, but that didn't stop him. Of him enjoying and enjoying the finer things in life. And taking advantage of the sunset. Watching the sun go down and rise up is a beautiful thing. From the beach in Bahamas? Man, that, that vision alone is epic. People go, and that was the beauty of us. And I think that's why I loved him so dearly. When you go on vacations, I don't want to see the 
the church part. I want to go and see how the locals live. And we did that. We did that shit. And we were grateful for it. You know? Um, you just, you just had to, you got to live this life. There's no do-overs. And if you get a second chance, man, live it up right. Because these people, yeah, they're gone physically. Spiritually, they'll always be here. But physically, they're gone. But I will say, they enjoyed every moment of that ride. And then the last of the person was my dad. My father. My father played drums, made music, loved it. Lived his passion. Followed his journey. Even though everybody and their mother said, no, 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 no. <laughs> everybody and their mother said, no. My father couldn't drum. My father went, invested in himself. My grandfather, God bless the dead, told my father he's wasting his money. But he stayed, stayed the course. My father got to play at the Apollo. My father got to play all around the world. Made records. Enjoyed it. Lived his passion until he said, oh, it's time. I got a daughter. I got to make sure she's good. And just enjoyed his life. Right? And would tell us stories of everywhere he went. When he would go and play music when I got older, people would see him and be like, hey! And they'd start talking about all the ventures they had. And that was grateful. I was grateful to see that. But they did. They counted my pops out. They said he, he wouldn't do it. He would not. But he did it. And he proved them wrong. So being consistent. Following your, your vision, your journey. Whatever it is you were called to do. Your gifts will make room for you. My father would tell me that. Your gift will make room for you. You will be welcomed in rooms that you would never think you were going. You just have to believe in you. You have to believe in you. You have to be your own cheerleader sometimes. Folks will come around. And then I had to sit back. And I was reading a post that I wrote maybe about 11 years ago that I shared on my page. So I'm going to talk about one incident. I was in my, when I was in my godmother's house, my god sisters and all of them, you know. I will say this, I hustled and paid for my kofa, my ori, whatever little ceremonies they had. I paid for those. The only thing I didn't pay for was my crowning. I could not get that money up. My god sister Sabrina and my god sister Diane paid for me to get crowned with them. That is not a lie and I'm not ashamed to share that. But at the end of the day, they would count me out. You know, my godmother and them, they did. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the name brand. I didn't have, you know, the look. You know what I'm saying? I was a little older, but I wasn't too old. I didn't have that, you know, look at me now. I didn't get bodies done. I didn't go and, you know, sleep with anyone famous or anything like that. Didn't do none of that. Just a hood chick. That didn't mind talking to people. That was it. So I wasn't invited to a lot of things because I didn't have that look. 
you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't known or, you know, I, I wasn't, but it didn't stop me, didn't stop me. Still would come over, still would, but I wasn't invited to a lot of the drummings and things like that. Like my sisters and them, I didn't, I didn't go, but I didn't, I wasn't bothered by it. Don't get it wrong. Let me make sure I put that out there. Cause I was, you know, meeting people. I met this chick from Cuba that was crying, you're my yai in the shelter. Like I was meeting people. I was, you know, helping people. I still had my little shop. Um, so you can't own a business and still be homeless. Ah, welcome. Um, I was still, you know, talking to people and stuff and um, going places and, you know, people would come by and give me words of wisdom. I met old Santeros. I had the chance to speak to John Mason on the phone. So because of Tony Shango, Cabo Sile, like I, you know, I, I would go to the Caribbean Cultural Center. I would go to New Yorkans if they had something like I was I was still everywhere. Right. But I just wasn't. The name brand popular, you know, where you can brag about a chick because that wasn't me. Right. So I wasn't I, I wasn't I wasn't able to sit at the table. I was the underdog and I, I was good with that. Right. I, I do believe this side note that whatever you go through and all the people you meet, they're building you up. Never forget that. They're building you up. When people share words of wisdom, they share their stories and they share their experiences and all of that. That is for you to grab back and put into your spiritual bag. And so when things like life comes at you, you got those memories and those wise words of wisdom to keep you going. So anyway, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't the one that was you know, the, the, the main, right? Oh, okay. So, you know, everybody, I remember when my godmother was like, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel messed up? Cause you brought half of these people here and they're doing better than you and stuff. And I said, well, I'm happy, you know, cause I still clap for people. It ain't my time. And they was like, well, I would feel messed up. I, I didn't. Why? Why would I? Why am I feeling messed up? It's not my time. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm happy when people progress. I'm happy when people move forward. I'm happy when people, you know, make it to where they need to go. Shit, I'm clapping for you. So when you take people as the underdog, that's why I said, Oshun lifted me up. Mephetta Fun Oshun all day lifted me up in front of those very people. That thought they were going to bury me, despise me, hurt me, or destroy me. Because those same people asked me for help. Those same people may have everything. And I remember when I was there listening to John Mason. And he gave me something that was so amazing. He was talking about the signal, Obeyono, which is my signal. And he said, you know... Obeyono is one of the signals. There's two more others. He said, well, they have to receive Ori. He said, but it's not for everybody. He said, you got these people that got all the ceremonies, all the rishas. They know all the famous senteros and spiritual people. He said, and they got it. He said, but if you bring them in a circle, they don't know shit. He said, they not even connected. He said, what's the use of having 50 chairs and one ass? He said, perfect what you got already. Learn to take care of that before you start going around picking up rocks, collecting them. 
He was like, you got to learn to work with what you have. He said, I know people that got all these initiations. He said, nobody knows they exist. He said, you got all these titles. But what are you doing with it? He said, I did not get in this religion just to have a title. And this man, he has his E-Day, but he just regular. But he's known all over the world. Sat at so many people's tables. He said, and a lot of people did. They, they saw him as the underdog. Like, oh, who is he? He said, and then people from all over would sit there and say, hey, man, that's John Mason. Like, yo, that's John Mason. And I was like, wow, I was so mesmerized by him. Right? And when he, that's how I met Right Hand, too, that day. And he, um, he said, I said, listen, thank you. I said, because I did receive Ori, because my signal is Obeyono. So he stood up, he said, she needed Ori. Her signal is Obeyono. He said, ah. And I was laughing. And I lived by that. You, what's the use you having all these titles, all these things, and you don't know nothing about them? You don't know what they work. You don't know anything. But you got a collection. You got a title. You a priestess. You got 15 years, 30 years. But what have you done to help your community? See, Muhammad can be holy as hell up in those mountains. But when he come down and be amongst the people is where the true test comes in at. I don't judge nobody. Nobody. I've sat with crooks, healers, thieves, prostitutes, scammers, con artists, dignitaries, people from high regards. And I'm still me. And I treat them all the same. I remember it was some rapper, don't get me the line, walked in and he was like, I want to read it. And I said, okay. And everybody was like, oh, I said, listen, when you sit in front of me, you just like me. Put your pants leg on one leg at a time, just like me. And I'm forever grateful. And they were forever grateful to say thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. What's the use of you having that title? I felt that what John Mason said. And you're not helping the people. What are you doing to help people? What are you doing? What's the use of you having all these things? You only got one ass. You only can take care of one thing at a time. But you're all over the place. How's that helping you or anyone else? And the one thing that I learned over all, man, I know crackheads that can be, I know cokeheads that can run crazy ceremonies. When they have to do their ceremony, they sober, they know what to do, they get it done, and then afterwards they go on about their lives. I'm not here to judge anybody how they do it. That's between them, their Egon, their Ori, and their Orisha, and their Lofi. Ain't got nothing to do with me. As long as you do the service and you do it well, I'm grateful. But everybody does something differently. Now, if you line yourself up with those people, great. Follow their method. But know that everybody does things differently. It's, it's sad, but, you know, and everybody's magic is more greater than everyone else. Like I said, I love what John Mason said. He said, as you grow, you shed, you add on, but you grow. Now, if you're still doing the same thing you was doing four or five years ago, excuse me, you still seeing the same argument or people don't like you and you don't trust this one and everybody's talking about you still seeing that same story, then you're going to share that forever. Where's the growth? 
And never, and I mean never, even though never belongs to God and not man, allow someone to stop you from pursuing your journey, your dream. Never. People will talk you out of the very thing that you were destined to do. Because they don't want you to do it. Because somebody talked them out of doing theirs. I love writing. I love writing. And a friend of mine that I assumed was my friend told me, I can't write. You can't write. Yo, you need to take classes. You Nah, nah, that shit don't make sense. So I was writing short stories. Ochani Lee, Ibae, said, did this person make a book? I said, no. He said, is he an editor? I said, no. He said, you write exceptionally well. Make your book. Stop listening to that asshole. So the guy saw the post because I tagged him. Why you tell everybody that? Why would you say that to me? Man, I was only joking. You you write well. Why would you joke with people like that? But then I had to ask myself, why the fuck are you listening to him? He's a loser. <laughs> why? Then I wrote a, a book. Man. Oh, that's nice. Mm, your little book. Oh, yeah. So I kind of backed away from writing. And people were like, yo, man, why you not writing? When the book coming? I was like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. You know, and that's the sad part. Or how are you doing lives? Like, you, you're not even crowned that long. What can you talk about? My experience? Give hope to other people going on this journey? Not having them to give up? That, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're going to sound stupid. Nobody's going to listen. Um, like I said, I, I had my homegirl. She would do my wigs. And sometimes the wigs was messed up. And sometimes they were beautiful. I remember my god brother called me and said... <laughs> I blocked him after that too. Don't get it twisted. Um, he called me. He was like, girl, somebody said they're going to do your wig for you because you look horrible. It was the blue and white one. I knew exactly which one it was. I screenshot and sent him the screenshot. I said, well, it's 2.1K. People said it's nice. And I blocked him. I used to have people talk about my look. Oh, my God. I wore a white wig. I would wear a yellow wig. I would wear a curly wig. I would wear a blonde wig. And people were. People were dogging me about it. Right? But then as I traveled, people would call me and say, what color hair are you wearing? I want to dress like you. I said, what? You know? And they would, they would hit me up. You coming? You coming to Denver? What, what color you wearing? Because I'm going to be like you. I said, so one day I had, one year I had yellow and white. And everybody that came to see me had on yellow and white or some kind of gold and white. I felt great. And the girl that used to do my hair, she still do every so often. She said, if all people notice is your hair, and they're not listening to you. They're not caring. And don't worry about those people. She said, because those very people will come and ask you for help one day. And I started laughing. You know, I didn't hear what happened. Or Only my godbrother was the only one that called and was like, yeah, because, you know, people are saying that it's ugly and, you know, you need help. I said, good. Whoever wanted to do my hair, tell them. You paying for it? Of course. Yeah, because, you know, they out here laughing at you, girl. I just don't want you to look stupid. I said, okay. I said, I don't. Trust me, I don't. And he was like, you know, because, but I screenshot. I said, 2.1K people said I look cute. 
So whoever you're saying that I look fucked up, it doesn't matter. Thank you, though. Thank you for calling me and letting me know that. Thank you. And I blocked them. I did. I blocked them. And it was funny because he was telling my godmother he spoke to me every day. I was like, how? I blocked him. I blocked him a long time ago. So how is that? So I thought it was funny because... I'm like, I remember what she said. If people are only looking at the sea I hear, they're not looking at you. Those are not the people that that you tend to need to be around. And those same people may come to you and ask you for help one day. So just smile. And it was really funny because my godbrother did. He asked me for help. And I was laughing. So when I went to go see her, I hugged her and said, girl, you ain't never lied. And I told her what happened. And she was like, see, she said, it's okay. And these are the people, everyday, regular people. I'll be, when I'm in Queens, I'll be people. And they be like, yo, keep your lives up. Yo, I, I hear you, sis. Yo, good looking. Yo, we saw you. We caught your shit. Yo, good looking. I'm not worrying about trying to get the attentions of other people or these people with names for themselves that has been crowned 30 years. You know who I'm trying to get the attention of? Those people that's out there in those streets grinding and doing every day. And not having nobody to believe in them. To let them know, yo, don't give up. To let them know, don't give up. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't, don't give up. Because beauty is only skin deep. See, when people see the outside of you. That's what you're going to base me on? Or what you see? <laughs> so many more layers to that player. So that's why I use that song. And the last person I want to talk about, they're not dead. Roy would call me Big Baby. And Roy's story is very beautiful, yet it's very sad. Roy was in a relationship, and he was married. He had his kids. And his mother had asked him to, um, and I can't make this up. Roy moms had asked him to come pick him up. Come pick her up because she was tired. She didn't want to drive. But Roy's wife was like, oh, you're always over there. You're a mama's boy. You need to bring yeah, stay home one day. You know, and he was like, but my mom is tired. I want to go over there. But, you know, he stayed with his wife. They called him. Roy moms was in um, a car crash. And so it, when they had the jaws of life, this was out in North Carolina, when they had the jaws of life to separate the car and the cop told him. You know, your mom is alive, but when we move this car, she's going you know, she, she to die. That's the only thing. So he got a chance to go see her, and she told him she didn't blame him. She forgive him. She love him, you know, that it's her time to go or whatever. You know, he only told me half the story. So I was, you know, well, I, we couldn't go into detail because he started crying. And um, his mom died. Roy took that guilt and carried that with him for the for so long so long. Roy started smoking crack. Roy stole all the money in his family, spent his son's college fund, uh, took his mother's insurance money and smoked it up and left and moved to Atlanta and was homeless and was an alcoholic drunk. And when he walked out, I thought he was Copper John at first and then come and find out that's Roy. I said, okay, Roy would call me Big Baby. And one year in Atlanta, it was so cold. And the shelters, you know, they was, 
One year, Atlanta said there's no homelessness, so they closed the shelters and it was giving people a one-way ticket back to where they came from, not knowing that half of the people were from Atlanta already. So Roy was going to sit out there, so I took Roy home. I said, nah, man, you can't. And my son would always be like, you're not your mother. Stop trying to save all the homeless people. Like, I can't believe it. We washed Roy's clothes and we fed him and he just chilled and slept and stuff. He hung out with us. We was in Walmart buying the grandbaby stuff and all of that. We was all sleeping in beds, you know, but it was cool. It was, it was Roy. And um, Roy told his story. And I never treated Roy any different. And I said, but at the end of the day, your mom forgave you. I said, the only one that you didn't that didn't forgive you is you. Long story short, Roy got himself cleaned. Roy got a chance to meet President Obama. Roy went back home and lived with his wife, and Roy is doing good. Roy called me out of the blue. He said, Big baby? I said, Roy, Uncle Ruckus. He said, Jay, he said, I want to call you and tell you thank you. I said, thank me? What you thanking me for? He told me everything he did, how he got clean, how he back with his wife. He said, I told my wife about you. He said, and I'm thankful for that small act of kindness and you not giving up and believing in me. I said, well, Roy, that's what we're supposed to do. He said, and I'll do the same thing now. He said, I don't turn nobody away. He said, thank you, big baby. He said, as long as you live and don't stop. He said, because people like us, the broken ones, no, we won't be totally put back together. We come back with our nicks and scars. But don't give up. That was the last of me. And I'm forever grateful. Because that was Roy's song, Beauty Only Skin Deep. I can't tell you and let you listen to that song without talking to Roy, Uncle Ruckus is what we call them. We carry our past with us. We carry all those emotional traumas and all of that. And if we keep carrying that, we miss all the blessings, all the healing that could be ours. I have to also remember Roy. Roy ain't dead. Roy back in North Carolina with his family. Forgiveness is real. But the first ones you got to forgive is yourself. And no matter what, I'm a strong believer because Roy made sure I knew. People may try to stop your destiny. People may try to get in the way. But my mother and Roy and them have showed me. Your gift, your destiny, your calling. Your creator, God, a lofi, whatever name you want to give. Will make sure you finish it out. Can't stop what was already ordained and blessed by the creator. You might take a hiatus for a little bit, but you always go back because you can't stop that. So all those people that Roy was supposed to help, they might have been put on a little hiatus. But now he's there helping them, making sure that he is watching over people, not giving up because a small act of kindness for someone to say, it's okay, a hug kiss on the forehead to tell people I got you I believe in you I'm not gonna allow my your past to judge for me to judge you on if you're destined to do great things great things will you do that's fact 
So I'm here to say this morning, on this beautiful morning, watching the sun, I'm here living in the mountains, looking at the sun come over the mountains, and the beautiful scene that it gives to let you know, don't allow nothing and no one to stop you. Keep going. Don't worry about looks and name brands and how many cars and houses and what people got stop you. Because if you go by the Bible, Moses and them was broke. Abraham and them was broke. But they became higher than anyone can ever imagine. And it's not just wealth. I'm living testimony of that one. So, don't give up. And if people talk about you, great. Great. God bless them. God bless them. They ain't have nothing else to talk about in their own lives and they only can talk about you. Great. Shit, applaud. If people want to sit and have secret groups, great. God bless them. God bless them. Shit. But you don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And know that at the end of the day, you are loved, appreciated, cherished. You are necessary. And we need you. I can't touch and heal and, and help and guide everybody. You will see and touch and heal and help people that I may never meet. Greatest lesson Angel ever told me was, do you believe in quantity or quality? I believe in giving good work. I don't care how many people I help because that one may turn around and help thousands and millions. And I'll tell you a story about that one day. So thank you. As always, it's been a plum, pleasing pleasure. Catch my show on Monday. Monday and Wednesday, you can always find me right here at the Backport Conjure. This is E5 Bayo. And let me give you something to do to keep your day going. I gave you the limes. Now I want you to go and get a pot and put some sugar, maybe about a half a cup, two capfuls of vanilla extract, and five sticks of cinnamon, brown sugar at that. Don't use white. And five sticks of cinnamon. You add some cloves in there if you want some money to come through your door. Put it in a pot of water and let it boil in your house. And watch how every spirit, every ego, everybody will just relax. We'll relax. We'll relax. As always, it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. This is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying, welcome and thank you for being a part of the Back Poach Conjure. Well, we listen to old music and tell some beautiful, amazing stories of my experience and all of those that made an impact in my life. But catch me here Monday as well. Mondays and Wednesdays, you definitely get an earful. And thank you for all those that's listening. Please share, like, send a comment, make a post about it, all that. It's all appreciative. Thank you so much.